0: Dopey Podcast Jingle Take Two B.
1: This episode of Dopey is brought to you by our friends at Aloe Recovery, located in Malibu and in Silver Lake and created by our good friend Bob Forrest and his friends Bob, Evan and Jared. Aloe was created as a rehab to treat addicts with compassion and not control. And what does that mean? It means that if you go to treatment, you want to be treated nicely. You don't want to be just yelled at and talked to like you're a piece of shit, even though a lot of you probably are. Anyway, Aloe is the spot that has crazy amenities, including sound bath meditation, surfing, equine therapy, fucking sweat lodges, you name it, they have it. They treat co-occurring mental health disorders, including SMI. They have years and years and years of treatment experience and can really, really provide a comfortable and safe detox, which to me is like the most important thing. Anyway, if you're fucked and you don't know where else to go and you're willing to go to Southern California to get treatment, I strongly recommend Aloe. This episode of Dopey is also brought to you by our friends at CASL, which stands for Clean and Sober Love, which is of course the dating app for sober people who choose to be sober. It was created by one addict helping another addict to date safely. So here's the reality. You got clean, you got sober, you got a new life, and now you're ready to date. So where are you supposed to look? Coffee meets bagel? CASL is the solution. Dating and recovery is real and worth considering if your shit is together. CASL is a platform where you can meet like-minded people all over the world and have sex with them and enjoy them and become friends with them and date them. Maybe you'll meet your wife or your husband. Install the app now on the App Store or Google Play Store. Oh, and by the way, it's completely fucking free. And finally... This episode is brought to you by listeners like you in the Dopey Nation through the power of the Dopey Patreon account. It's www.patreon.com slash dopeypodcast. Throw a few bucks, help out the show. If the show helped you, maybe you could help us. Anyway, or not, I don't care. Don't give money if you don't want to. Also, very important, we have incredible Dopey socks available incredible Dopey beanies available they're all over Instagram and Facebook if you want or you want stickers just Venmo me at Dopey Podcast and I will send them to you if you want t-shirts, hoodies, hats not hats, if you want t-shirts, hoodies, long sleeves tank tops go to www.dopypodcast.com. but that's all I have for ads right now so stay tuned here's the show Hello, and welcome to Dopey, the podcast about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit and I am Dave, and uh, you know I, it was just Christmas, merry fucking Christmas and I'm alone in the addict, so just want to say hey, I want to say thanks to everybody for listening to our show. Dopey has become an amazing dopey was always a fucking amazing podcast, and it's always been an amazing community. But we're at a a zenith, if you will, where community and podcast has melded into a beautiful thing. And everybody who is out there in the Dopey Nation, who participates or who doesn't, I just want to thank you for being a part of this little thing. This revolutionary idea that Chris and I kind of touched on with Dopey. And if you never heard the show before, I started it with my friend Chris. And Chris uh, tragically overdosed and died like two Augusts ago, and um, and Chris and I created the show as a fun sort of storytelling show where we tell fucked up drug stories, and then we talk about our recovery a little bit, and Chris somehow overdosed and died, and uh, I kept making the show, and I'm very happy that I did. I love uh, the Doping Nation. I love to hear from you guys, and I love to be a part of your recovery and be a part of your life just through the power of podcasting and entertaining you. So I think that's cool. And um, we always, I always want to have fun on the show. I always want the show to be fun. But it's the New Year's episode smack in the middle, or I guess after all the holidays have ended. And if you survived it and you're using congratulations, you didn't die, that's pretty great. If you're surviving and you're sober, congratulations to you because all this shit is very, very hard to get through no matter what. I was a heroin addict, and, and one of the big purposes uh, for me to make the show was just the absurdity of being a heroin addict in general and the absurdity of withdrawal and the absurdity of of needing to score when you're sick and constantly needing to score. And I And I know that there's a ton of heroin addicts who listen to the show who still get high, and I just want to say... For me, it was impossible to get sober without going away. I really, really, really recommend going away if you're fucking in withdrawal or you're using and you want to get sober. There is no fucking way. I mean, I know it's happened. I know there's probably a lot of people in the Dopey Nation who got clean uh, kicking at home and going to meetings. I know for me, and I don't talk about this enough, but for me, uh, the key to me kicking heroin was leaving. It was going away, and then the key to withdrawal for me has always been television and a hot shower and being in the hot shower as long as possible. I want to say that, um, you know, I hate to be all Pollyanna-ish, but my life in recovery is amazing. I went on our friend Jed's podcast last week, and I said something that I should say on this show, which is the adventure of my sobriety Beats any fucking ramshackle dopey adventure I ever got to have my my adventure in being fucking present and being sober and it's amazing like and I don't mean it like oh i'm sober, so my life is good. I mean I get to do whatever I want because i don't have to cop every day because my head is basically clear and it's a gift and it's a fucking it's the best thing that I ever did, so I just want to start the show with a little dose of uh of sobriety you know this show is going to be interesting we, we do a couple call-ins today we're going to hear from some old friends on the show and um and the first one has been sober for a little while and it's our good friend amy dresner so here we go amy welcome back to the show what's up dude amy's fucking sick amy sounds
2: like so sick man i've been in bed since tuesday and he's like you ready for the show? And I'm like, I'm really sick. You're like, Okay, talk to you at six, bitch. I'm like, oh, Okay, bye. <laughs> I pushy don't pushy mother, pushy motherfucker. You're like, It'll be great. I'm like, Will it? Okay.
1: I figured you were just like LA sick, not like New no, York sick.
2: Oh, fuck you! Such a New York thing to say. LA sick? No, man, I'm sick sick.
1: LA sick is like you can only drink tap water and you don't have Pellegrino. Oh
2: my god!
3: Do they? No,
1: ha- I'm full sick. Yeah. What's going on? What you, what, you got a cold? You're, you sick?
2: Yeah, it's going around. Everyone's sick.
1: Do they have ni- Do they have nice chicken soup in Los Angeles?
2: Yeah, I mean the best one was at um, what's that fucking deli that closed? They closed the Langers not, the one with the
1: Cantors.
2: No, no, Cantors sucks. Cantors Jewish. Cantors, Cantor's has s- good fries. Cantors has good fries. Okay, well their chicken soup sucks a dick. It's terrible. Um. Uh Jerry's green not green blots is not bad. Jerry's is the best one, but they closed the one near me and now there's only one in the valley. So Have
1: you ever, you ever been to, have you ever that, been to Brent's?
2: No, I haven't been to Brent's. Uh,
1: how about Langers?
2: Langers, where's that?
1: Langers is near MacArthur Park.
2: I'm making fun of you. Oh wait, I'm gonna go fucking cop dope too no i'm
1: good i used to go cop dope around there and buy pills and
2: then get and then get get chicken soup
1: (laughs) no i would cop i would cop dope i never knew it existed but when i was waiting tables the owner from langers sat at my table and he was like oh used. i have a deli by MacArthur park and that's all i could think was oh i used to cop there but i didn't say that you know (laughs) i'm a deli expert because so many fucking idiots from los angeles try to compare themselves to new york deli and it's just like what are they doing I don't even know. No,
2: it's not even, I mean, it's not possible. I don't even compare, but I just, yeah, I just got something. Well, I was depressed. And then I think, you know, I was like, God, it'd be great if I was sick. Cause then no one would give me shit for being in bed and sleeping through the holidays and being depressed. And the universe is like granted. <laughs> so now I'm like, shit. So now I'm so sick and no one can be on my ass about no, not going anywhere. Cause I'm just like fucking brutally ill.
1: So let's talk about this. You're depressed and you're sober. Like, do you want to talk about why you got down?
2: Well, I don't like the holidays, dude. The holidays are brutal for us, man. And I think they're brutal for a lot of people. I think there's a lot of pressure to fucking be happy. And it's like, you know, either you don't have family or you don't like your family or you know, like you, you fucking can't drink or can't use. And it's like, you know, there's, you know, I, I'm one of many people with a sobriety date in early January. You know what I mean? Like, as you know, it's like, it's the Bermuda triangle, like Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, where a lot of people relapse. Cause it's just like pressure and a lot of parties and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, I'm here, but my mom is, you know, you know, in uh, assisted living in Albuquerque with dementia, and my dad is fighting cancer in Oregon, and so I'm here by myself with Colonel Puffpuff. Puff, you know, I mean, I just went and visited my dad, which is fucking rad. But, you know, um, and I'm I'm Jewish, but was raised with Christmas. But everyone sends me like menorah cards. It's very confusing. The whole thing is confusing.
1: I hear you. I have, a, I mean, I, I'm, I'm with a non, non-Jewish non family and um, and I didn't get to do Christmas. They went out for Christmas dinner and my 18-month-old got sick, right? So I stayed home and, I, and, and, and it was like your thing. It's my, I hate going to Christmas. I don't like oh, yeah. it. I don't like like being with strangers and I know these people, no. but they're still strangers. And yeah. um, they pray to Jesus before we eat. Um, oh God! But so, like, so I, I was like, that
2: would creep me. That would really make me uncomfortable.
1: No, to be honest, I, it's just like an AA meeting. <laughs> it's like it's just, it's just like a meeting <laughs> yeah, before they you don't eat. pray to
2: Jesus. They don't pray to Jesus
1: at my meetings. They pray to Jesus. It's fucking. They pray to. Are you serious? They pray to Jesus at my meetings. No way. Um. But so, like, I, I was like, I was at in the morning. I was like, listen, if Susan is too sick, I'm volunteering. To stay home with her. I love
2: her. that her name is Susan. She sounds like like a 45-year-old secretary.
1: You know what I mean? I, everybody calls her Susie. I'm like, Susan, how are you doing? <laughs> um, but I was like, if Susan is sick tonight, I, I'm saying it now, I'm gonna stay home with her. So check this out. I had the most literally, I, I've been Jewish my whole life. I've celebrated Christmas my whole life. This was the most Jewish Christmas I ever had. I had I had Chinese food and I watched oh Curb Your Enthusiasm reruns. I swear oh to god. Oh my
2: god, so Jewy. Oh my god. And
1: I did it yeah, alone my, and I and I fucking my,
2: loved it. I loved oh, it. Oh, that's good. Yeah, my dad said, you know, they didn't want to do any of the Christmas shit and he, they there was one Chinese restaurant and it was like an hour wait cuz all the Jews in Ashland. He was like, "Fuck that." So,
1: well, I mean, I I used to love using during the holidays. Like Oh yeah. Are you kidding? Fuck yeah. Like I like I liked I mean, my my great Christmas tradition when I first got with my uh my current partner. I always I say my wife, but my we never got married, so my partner was that we would go to this Christmas party, right? And I would always steal <laughs> drugs from the old woman's medicine <laughs> cabinet. Cause she had like Percocets and, and and Vicodins. And I remember the first time I went, I just took everything and I got totally, it was like the greatest Christmas I ever had, (laughs) you know? And I mean like that was something I loved about being an addict, which was stealing drugs and getting high and then falling out. You know, I, I loved it until I couldn't do it anymore.
2: Well, Christmas is always a little weird for me since that was the night I got arrested. So I'm always like, uh-huh. you know, like I forgot about it for a while when I was with um, my ex-boyfriend. We would like spend time with his family. But then he we broke up in 2017 and I've been kind of by myself since. So it's like, you know, but like I always think about it, you know, getting arrested at Christmas is like, oh, You know, there was like no one else in the Hollywood jail and it was Hollywood jail. And it was just, it was just like a bad fucking scene, man. Bad scene.
1: So now it echoes, the holidays echoes that arrest. Yeah.
2: Christmas is like, yeah, it's like, oh, cool. I was arrested for felony domestic violence on fucking Christmas of 2011. Yay. You know?
1: So when you're, when you're down, like, and I mean, you, I mean, I've known you for a little while. I think I've known you since, since you broke up with your boyfriend. I think, Uh, I I hope uh, it's just a coincidence. Um, but fucking, you know, I know that sometimes you get down and, and what do you do to keep yourself from, from like wallowing or from using or from being the most miserable? It's
2: just not a fucking option. It's just not, I've had my ass handed me to me so many times. I just, I can't, I cannot, you know what I mean? And it's like, so, I mean, and I'm afraid, I'm afraid after seven years, I'll be seven years clean on the second. And it's like, fucking who knows? Like I could just die. You know what I mean? Like, um are
1: you excited I, uh, are you excited for the second like are you excited yeah, to get your I'm seven years
2: yeah i'm excited and it's like you know i mean i i um i mean i vape i fucking keep fucking falling off the wagon with nicotine and i'm like uh, that's not great and um now i'm like obsessing about this dude like i've kind like i went on a date like Two days. I mean, their dates, I like, hung out with this guy twice, and now, like, of course, like, even after, like, two and a half years of not being with anybody, like, so fucking obsessed, and, like, I'm in love, and, like, everyone's like, calm down, dude, you know what I mean? Like, you've hung out with him for five hours total over four months, like, relax, you know, and uh, he hasn't been in a relationship in a really, really long time, and instead of being like, yay, hey, red flag, like, bye, I'm like, challenge accepted, you know, it's like, oh, God, I'm just the worst, so... Um, I'm kind of looking at that stuff now, like uncovering sort of like, Ooh, maybe I have some codependency issues and like, why am I picking emotionally unavailable people? You know, that kind of stuff. So where do you, you st- where do you stand with this dude now? I don't know. I fucking flipped out on him, and then I made amends, and we're talking, but I don't know what's going to happen. But I'm going to tell you something funny about a dopey fan and how we met, and it's very funny about Thanksgiving. But so I just, you know, I think that, you know, the work continues, you know? It's like there's no getting there with recovery. There's always more work and more work and more work, you know what I mean? And it's like, so... Um, you know, I have projects going on and whatever, but I mean, I have depression and it's like, you know, so I just kind of like when it comes, I just, I do my best to sort of work through it. But I also let it, you know, give myself some fucking grace and be, that sounds so fucking queer, not queer, like that word, but like lame, but like, uh, I don't want to offend my fucking people.
1: Um, you're gay fellows, you're, you're queers and, and your fellowship queers. You know,
2: it's like, I, I mean, I just, you know, I do the best I can. If I get to a meeting, I get to a meeting. I tell my sponsor I'm feeling like shit. I tell my friends. and But mostly I'll just like fucking sweep it off and it passes. You know what I mean? It's like nothing has brought it on. There's no big change in circumstances that all of a sudden it's just chemical, man. I get through and I never do well this time of year. I've never, I've always 19, since I've been 19, this is the time of year I fucking eat it. I fucking relapse. I try and kill myself. I try and kill other people. I just don't do well. <laughs> I don't do well. So I just kind of say, okay, you know, it's going to pass. It's not a big deal, you know. But, um, I you know, I, I, I guess that, I, I don't know, for me, I still cling to the hope that something outside is going to fix me, like a guy or a job or an accolade or, a, you know what I mean, even though I know that the it's internal work.
1: Totally. I mean, I, I often, I will often think that something coming will be enough for me yeah. to die yeah, happy at that point. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and it's like I've gotten yeah, but that's not the case. I've gotten things that I thought were going to fucking be it and make me happy, and either the fat happiness was extremely fleeting or was completely just, just didn't exist at all. And then you're like, what, you know? And so it's like that's what's frustrating is I've had the experiences of getting the things I wanted and not feeling happy and. So I know it's an internal job, but it's like, you know, it's still, I don't want that. I don't want to do more work. I'm lazy. I don't want fucking more work, you know, but I'm at a place where I'm getting in too much pain where I have to do more work.
1: Well, the fucked up thing, I, I went to, uh, about a month ago, I actually went to my first heroin anonymous meeting, which was like a total trip. Like I was totally the, uh, the old man at the meeting. Um, Interesting. everybody was like 21 and, uh, and then there was this other dude who was probably like 38 or, or 39 and he said how like his wife was relapsing and, you know, he's obviously still with her and, um, but he has to live with a using drug addict and he's talking about how like this too shall pass with bad shit. But then he also said how it's the same with good shit of course. and like, and that's like the trick and you just have to keep doing it. And, um, and everyone says it like it's a bad thing. But, you know, I think the adventure and the, the the potential of good shit happening trumps all the other stuff. That's why we do of it. Of
2: course. It gives us hope. It gives us hope. It continues. But I get way overly excited at the littlest thing and get into, like, fucking fantasy land about it. You know what I mean? And then, like, either it isn't what I thought or it falls apart and then I get super bummed out. And I'd love to be able to sort of just be like – just chill out a little bit, but that's just not my nature, man. That's just not my nature. My nature is like, you know, like, oh my God, it's happening, you know?
1: But let's say, let's say this dude was the one, you know what I'm saying? And, mm -hmm. and you fell in love with him, you know, it will get boring. You know what I mean? Like it it will not, it will, even if it, it, nothing will save anybody. There is nothing that's going to save you. I know, you.
2: but that's so upsetting. <laughs> <It's> <laughs>
1: that's my message for this holiday season. So
2: I know it's the truth. It's the truth, you know, but it's just fucking, ugh. it's brutal.
1: I know. It's brutal. So tell us, tell us, the, I want to hear the the exciting Thanksgiving dopey fan story.
2: Oh my God, this is so fucking funny. So I guess it was like a couple months ago and I was, I'm, my back is started to hurt from writing and being a fucking old and, um, and i i was coming out of a chiropractor this cheap chiropractor place and i and the guy was like your problem is that you're too flexible so it's not holding your back and, and you know you're, you're, it's called laxity and you're too flexible i'm like no man has ever complained about that sir! and he was like okay you know and anyway i walk out that was supposed to be a joke didn't you get it like no one's complaining that i'm too flexible yeah no i'm with it.
1: you i'm with you i'm i'm just i'm thinking all sorts of stuff that i don't want to say continue <laughs>
2: Anyway, I guess it's not a good thing for your posture or your back or muscles and, and spine and alignment, whatever. So anyway, I'm walk out, and this guy is there, and he goes, "Are you Amy Dresner?" And I was like, you know, and once you've been arrested, that's like never something you ever want to hear, you know what <laughs> I mean? Like, you're it's like terrifying, you know. And I'm like, yes. And he's like, I recognized your voice from Dopey, and I was Crazy. like, oh my god, I know. I was like, what the fuck. And he goes, did you write My Fair Junkie? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, I fucking love that book. He's like, can I talk to you outside? And I was like, yeah, man. He's like, I'm not like a fan. Like, I don't give a fuck about anybody. But like, can I talk to you? Like, you're fucking rad. I'm like, yeah, dude, totally. So we go and we talk, we smoke a cigarette. He's totally actively using, you know, he's like doing opiates and fucking fentanyl and he's completely straight with me about it and whatever. And I'm not like, ew, I'm like, whatever, dude, like he's making more money than me. He's totally functional. I couldn't tell at all that he was high. And I was like, this is interesting. I was like, so like, I don't know. I thought about you and you beating yourself up that you. You know, couldn't tell that Chris was using. I w- never could tell this guy was loaded, ever, 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 ever. We went to the improv. We have hung out. I took him to a meeting. Literally never could tell. I said, God, you're not, you're not, I said, you're not, you're not high, huh? He goes, oh, I'm fucking so high. I was like, what? Like, literally could not tell. Could not tell.
1: This isn't the guy that you're dating, right? <laughs> no.
2: Oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. So, sorry. so anyway, um he and I become friends and he's really cool and I never push sobriety on him or anything like that. You know what I mean? And, um, and he shows up kind of like more, he's like a night, he's super smart and we become really close buddies. And then Thanksgiving is like, I don't want to spend Thanksgiving alone. I'm like me either. He goes, I'm going to come over and I'm going to bring this big spread from work. And I'm like, sweet dude, do it. So he brings over like a Turkey and like all this food, right? Huge box of shit and we eat and whatever and i'm like telling him about the guy that like i'm obsessing about whatever and i was like should i send him like a fucking naked pic i'm just fucking like what do i have to lose at this point and he was like yeah man any red-blooded man is gonna fucking dig that and i'm like well which one so we're going through like my old fucking tinder naked pics now right okay. And but he's like totally my friend and he's like that one is classy like your teacher's kind of up. Uh, but your tits are showing, but you have sweatpants, it's casual, it doesn't look too corny, like, that one's a good one. Like, I love how he plugged it. I was like, okay. So I send it, and I'm like, happy Thanksgiving, right? And then I there's nothing, and I'm just freaking out. And I'm like, ah! Like, I want to undo it. I want to undo it. He goes, you can't undo it. I'm like, I got to undo it. How do I undo it? What do I say? Like, wrong person. Like, he's like, you can't just relax. Just
4: what?
2: So what? So what happened? Just chill out. Oh, the guy was like, yeah, come over. Fucking, of course it works, you know? Fucking, it always works. That's the problem with those, is fucking, you take out that hardcore artillery and it works. And I was like, ah, it's such old behavior. I suck. But anyway, so we're, I was like so excited. I'm going to go over there and he's going to go cop, right? He's like, I got to drill anyway. I'm like, you got to go cop? He's like, yeah. We're totally honest with each other, right? And I'm like, okay, I need you to do me a favor. We're smoking a cigarette outside my apartment. And I go, I need you to do me a favor. And he goes, what? And I go, I'm gonna put my finger in my fucking coochie, and you need to smell it and tell, so oh not tell me. Oh my god! This is really this.
1: <laughs> this is quite a story. This is quite a yarn <laughs> you're spinning here.
2: And he's like, "Amy, I really, really, really don't want to do that." <laughs> and I'm like, "Dude, like you're my friend now. You're like my girlfriend. You gotta do it. Like I gotta know from a man's perspective. Like it's shit. Like fucking legit. Like I need. I need you to do this for me." He's like, "Amy, Amy, I really, really." Don't feel comfortable doing that. I'm like, I'm not going to push it in your face. You don't have to lick it. Just smell it and just tell me if it's legit. And he was like... And so he did it. He smelled it. He's like, it smells smells fine. It smells like nothing. I'm like, I love you. Thank you. I, like, jumped all over him. And then, like, I fucking took a shower and shaved my asshole and went over to this guy's house and nothing happened.
1: (laughs) Nothing nothing happened after all that? The dopey fan got more going on smelling your vagina?
2: I mean... Yeah, but I was like, I was like, I shaved my asshole for you, dude, and he was just like, oh, okay, like that's very nice. Like I was just like, I mean, I'm so out of my mind with men. I'm like, they don't have it together in that area at all. Obviously, this is, I mean, it, is p- wait,
1: hold p- on, is this the same guy, the same guy that we're dealing with now? Yeah. All right. I mean, and and did you after he was like wait mm-hmm. so he, you didn't fuck him that night?
2: No, I haven't fucked him.
1: Oh, you've been building up to this thing. He was like, I don't understand a lot of stuff in this story. Was the dopey fan straight or gay? Straight. And so you're like tantalizing him with naked pictures. You're making him smell your vagina. He's
2: much younger than me. And he's like, doesn't see me like that. Like we are a total buds. All right. I wasn't tantalizing him. I was asking him like, you know, and I was like, "Do you think I should send you?" I'm like, "Which one?" And I said, "Can I show you?" And he was like, "Yeah, show me." He was totally like, chill. He was there for believe- you. He was broing yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine? you imagine that I'm like, please smell my my fucking finger.
1: I love and it. Tell me.
2: And he was like, I mean, I really, really don't want to do this. I'm like, please, please, please do this for me.
1: <laughs> and then when the dude resisted, were you like, you don't understand? My pussy smells great. The dude checked it. He none, none of that. <laughs> You didn't say that. That didn't happen. No, fuck
2: no. No, but I was like, I shaved my asshole for you. I haven't shaved my asshole in two and a half years. Like, oh.
1: Was this dude, is the dude that you're sort of like in sort of courting mode with, you know, asshole shaving and such. Um, Was this dude sober?
2: (laughs) Yes, many years.
1: So he's trying to be responsible and respectful. No, No,
2: I think he's more like has his own issues and is shut down. And it's like been hurt a lot and has a lot on his plate and is like, and you know, so I don't know. I don't think it's, I think that, I mean, I keep putting coins in the machine and I'm not getting that many, I'm not winning very often. So I may, you know, so then I just ended up flipping out. I flipped out on him and like sent this horrible text. And then I had to send an amends and then we've texted a little bit, but now he's seen my crazy. I'm like, oops. Well, that's the
1: thing. Once you burn it down, you can walk away, or if he comes back, you actually have a chance of having a totally honest and open situation. Well,
2: that's the thing. He was like, yeah, he came back. He was just, he didn't push me away. I was like, what? I was like, I would have blocked my crazy ass. I would have been like, this bitch is batshit. I'm out, dude. But, you know, my friends are like, you're fucking hot. I'm like, I'm not that fucking hot. I'm like, so, I don't know what's going on. It's been, I've been sick, so I haven't been able to obsess about it, but um, I think this is know, a great I story.
1: I mean, my favorite part of the story is the dude is a Dopey fan. I can't, oh, and I mean, that, that, that you shaved so your asshole. Both parts. That
2: was so crazy that he was just like, "I mean, like, do I have to shave my asshole?" He's like, "Yes." And it was like, "Oh my god, okay, fine." But anyway, he got he's he went home to get clean.
1: So he went. He's getting clean now. Yeah, that's amazing. What's his name? And
2: I was just like Harry. Ha- His name's
1: Harry. Harry, I, we wish you the best of luck. If you're still listening to the show, you know, we hope mm-hmm. you do well. Yeah,
2: he, like, he's like, he was like, I mean, that just, like, for me, I don't know. I just want to just tell people, like, just even if you're fucking hardcore, like, if you're in AA, doesn't mean you can't fucking be cool to people that are using. Do you know what I mean? Like, there was someone else, a friend of mine, who relapsed, and like, everyone in the room shunned him and was like, And I didn't. I continued to stay in contact with him and give him love. And that motherfucker got back and got seven months. So it's like it's important. I think it's really important that we remember where we came from and, you know, show fucking love and compassion. Some people aren't ready or they don't have the bottom or whatever, but it's like. You know, I don't know. It was very eye opening to me because I would have never thought I would hang out with someone who was like doing fentanyl and oxy and all that kind of stuff. But that motherfucker was making more money than me. He was, he showed up more than most of my friends. He was a fucking good friend. He was fucking on time. He was like, he had his shit together, man. He was much more. Functional than I ever was. Well, that I am now. That I am now. Fuck, <laughs> right, man.
1: Well, I think the most you know? Im- the most important thing that you're saying that I'm hearing is like, and I'm the same way. It's like just because you and me are sober now, obviously there were many many years that we weren't, and like, and, and just the fact that it ever happened for us, where we you know, got it together and stopped using. It's like, there's no reason that that had to happen. It just did. So to turn your back on somebody who is you would be just the shittiest thing in the world.
2: Right. That's exactly. And I don't, I can't understand when people do that. It makes me so fucking sad. It's like, it's just like, you know, he's like, I went home and I'm kicking and I'm like, that's fucking awesome. He's like, my fucking bones are, Oh, my bones, that fentanyl. And I was just like, you know, I was like, well, I'm fucking proud of you, man. And, uh, you know,
1: no, I love that.
2: Fu- he's like, you know, and he was like, I was an asshole. I go, you were not a fucking asshole. I was an asshole. I was like, you were fucking totally chill. And we're all assholes when we're using, we can be. And I was like, you're fine, dude. Don't knock yourself up. Fucking, you know, just be gentle with yourself right now, man. I'm like, but it was like – it was so fucking weird that he was like – he recognized my voice from the podcast.
1: Can I tell you that's never happened to me? It happens to everybody.
2: <laughs> like it
1: never fucking happened. It's never jealous. happened. jealous? Yeah, I'm totally jealous. Although I have to say that last week I was at Katz's where I work and this – and I'm never there anymore because I'm doing all this weird like corporate catering and stuff. And this woman uh, showed up, and she was like, "I listened to the show." Her name is Holly. She was a crazy, crazy, dopey fan, and it was it was awesome. It's, it was amazing.
2: Yeah, that's see, it's cool. No, it's super cool. I was really, I was like, "What the fuck?" It was so bizarre. I mean, literally, it was just really, really bizarre and very interesting twist of fate. But you know, we were talking about chasing things, and we were talking about how you know. Um so from what I understand, you know it's funny too I'll tell you this I was like I was like ah I, t- I complained to my sponsor I'm like he wants to get to know me before he has sex with me. I've never done that. And he goes that's nothing to be proud of, sweetheart. <laughs> 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 um but um you know from what I've, I understand in terms of attic brains and Dr. Wetzman my my man Um, who talks about dopamine and all that kind of shit and then you know the genetic mutations it's like you know if you have like normal dopamine like then sex and love is like is like a normal reward you know what i mean like looking at a sunset or getting closer to your lover or whatever you like you might get a dopamine rush from like orgasm or whatever but like but but if you're for people who are addicted to sex and love like my fucking self you know, sometimes it's the orgasm's the reward, or it's the person that's the award, or it's the tension before the act, the chase, the hunt, that's the reward. Sound familiar?
1: Well, there's so many, there's so many spots. I, I mean, I think for me, like, the orgasm obviously gets me high. Um, I think for me, somebody, like, liking me would get me high. Totally. You know, like, course, that was,
2: because attention, attention, fucking, lo- uh, yeah, absolutely it does. But that's why I'm like, I don't think this person likes me enough and I don't know why I keep chasing except for the fucking maybe the challenge or whatever. But it's like when we first hung out, I got it was such a fucking intense interaction and such a fucking like incredible date and dopamine rush and fucking like making out. It was so fucking whatever that um, your brain goes, that's where the fucking nuts are hidden there. And it attaches all the details to that person. And so now I'm thinking instead of it just being like, oh, that was an awesome connection, and you know we have some chemistry. My bot, my, my brain and my body are like he he's the answer. It's him.
1: Right. Exactly. Or it Could be
2: another guy, but it's like you know your brain's not that smart. Your brain's like it's that. It's he, heroin. It's this. It's he red. has
1: he has what I want. Like he. Yeah. It's your there. brain. It's yeah, there.
2: your brain is like yeah. Your brain it, it l- registers all the details of that fucking rush and is like. That's where the fuck. That's where the gold is, bitch. Go there. No, that's
1: super interesting. I think. I think that's really, 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 really. It's it's just crazy the way that works. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah. So I sent you an email. I would like you to read it uh, to the Dopey Nation. The one, the thoughts from a chronic relapser. It's something that I could definitely relate to, and I, I bet you can too.
2: Of course. Let me pull up. But
1: don't say his name. We'll just call him Joseph. Of
2: course, of course.
1: Okay. And I'll say this. I'll say this. Joseph had emailed me, um, you know, this very cryptic email. I had gone to this rehab called Renaissance in Delray Beach, Florida, uh-huh. and uh, and it was a fucked up place. Um, although, you know, everybody says it's more fucked up than I thought it was, but I had a, I had a hard time there. And, um, like they put me in the middle of the room and they pointed at me and told me I was the most toxic member of the community Yikes. and they like took, they like, I had a blanket that was all burned up. Um, and they took my <laughs> blanket away from me and they made me carry it around in a garbage bag for a week, but they didn't realize that oh, I, wow. I kind of liked the attention of it. Cause it was just so stupid. You know what I mean? Like.
2: It was, mm, I act like weird shaming, like weird shaming stuff. I, I had right. this
1: fucked up guitar case and they put that in the center of the room. The whole thing was just insane. Um, but there was a dude there named, uh, I forgot his first name, but his last name was McNally. And every Sunday night he would do this thing called the McNally rally where he would shame people in public and it was fucked up. I mean, I think for me...
2: That's not cool, dude. That's not cool. I'm sorry.
1: No, no I mean, I don't think any of it is cool. I mean, I, I think it's cool if it's successful in getting somebody sober and they stay sober. I think that's great. For me, it was very yeah. uncomfortable. But this dude just wrote me... A, he, wrote, he wrote me something about the McNally rally, and I wrote him back. And, uh, and he sent me this email, and I thought it was interesting.
2: This all sounds very Sergeant Gunnery Hartman, you know what I mean? Like fucking Full Metal Jacket, like fucking you fucking worm, you know? Are it's you not a piece of shit, you know. But it wasn't like, like that. Almost, it, no, I understand, but it's like almost like that weird shaming, like in the army to break you down and stuff like that. It's like, I mean, yeah, we can be fucking egotistical assholes for sure, but I don't know that that's like. The way to do it. There's things like that where they make you wear like a toilet seat around your neck or like a sign that says, I da 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 da. It's like, okay, I mean.
1: This was the place that they say they break you down and they build you back up again. mm -hmm. But they break you down and they often forget to build you back (laughs) up. So you just leave broken down. I I, I mean, (laughs) I was totally broken down when I left there. But I wrote a bunch of good songs while I was there. And I went swimming a lot. And I like, it was an adventure. (laughs) It was like, I I wasn't ready to get clean anyway. It cost my parents way too much money. And they talked and I lost my cheap apartment in Manhattan. But... Besides that, Renaissance was a great adventure. Uh, was that
2: finger story too much?
1: No, I love that story. Are you kidding me?
2: Okay.
1: I just, right. I just hope he wasn't lying to you. I hope everything was legit down I, there. I was
2: like, is that too much for Dopey? I'm like, there is no too much for Dopey. Fuck it.
1: No, I think you, you brought us into a bold new direction, which I really appreciate. <laughs> oh, God. I do. I'm serious. I think I'm really Boy, serious. It was
2: so fucking, it just was so insane that I would do this to this poor guy that I barely knew. And that he did it. I was just like, "Just do it." He's like, "I'm so no, Amy. I really, really don't want it. I'm just do it." Such an asshole, dude. All I'm right, I'm I'm
1: certain. I'm certain. Yeah, find the email, and I'm going to say this. I'm certain that people in the Dopey Nation have done worse. I've done kind of worse stuff. Like I've done bad, bad sexual things in my day. And uh, and not that this is bad, you know, but I no, know I it just
2: is. wanted to make sure it wasn't and smell fucking funky, man. You know, no one had been down in a while. And it's like, you know, I'm congested. <laughs> and I just was like, dude, from a dude's perspective, this smell fucking, you know, fresh and legit.
1: And he was like, "Yo, your pussy says sm- your pussy smells legit to me." Is that what he said? Yeah,
2: he was just like, "You're good. It smells like nothing. You're fine." And I was like, "He was just like, it was so." But it to me, it was like the ultimate fucking offering of like true friendship that he would do that. You know what I mean? That he was just like, "Oh God, fine, I will do this for you."
1: And you it never, so you sweet. never felt shame after having him smell your finger. No. Why? Uh, well, then why did you feel any shame to share the story with the Dopey Nation?
2: I don't know, because it's fucking, it's a lot. I don't know. I love it. Now let me hear the thoughts from a chronic relapser. Uh, All right. For so long in my journey through recovery, I would adopt the beliefs and values of the people I admired and try to emulate those beliefs myself. This is a trend that I've noticed over my entire life, never finding my own way, but finding someone I admired and trying to be like that person. This is encouraged throughout the rooms of 12 steps groups as they tell young newcomers to fake it till they make it and find someone who has what you want. These statements are fine in their own right, but as a young man, to adopt beliefs without experience to back up those beliefs do not hold much value. I had the desire to be be the best AA member I could be, and as I applied my ability to learn and retain information, my knowledge of the big book, recovery, spiritual principles, CBT, DBT, and meditation grew only in an informative sense and in no way in an internal way. I was the star of the rehab show. I learned all the right answers. I aced every open discussion meeting with relevant and in-depth shares on my spiritual growth. Here, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold hold
1: up. Hold up for one sec. That shit reminds me so much of Chris. That's totally what Chris was like.
2: But keep going. Oof. The counselors loved me. The clients or patients looked up to me and came to me for guidance. I was the top dog of the short bus. Eventually, as most do, I fell and fell again and again. Every time I fell, I would end up returning to treatment, detox, the sober house, humbled, humiliated, and a shell of myself. After two weeks or so, like clockwork, my body would start feeling normal again. As the years passed, I would convince myself there was only one true way to recover, and that was through the 12 steps of AA. But eventually, after so many failed, half-hearted and fake-hearted and delusion-hearted and maybe a couple full-hearted attempts at recovering, explaining to people that you're back for the 42nd time seems insane in its own right if I walked up to myself in an AA meeting after the 42nd relapse, I might urge them to do something different.
1: It's it's weird, right?
2: Um, I have a couple thoughts. What are your thoughts?
1: Well, my first thought is I appreciate this dude, uh, being so honest. Like that was my first thought. Absolutely. Like I love, I love his honesty and like, you know, I think, you know, it's not, it's the opposite of how I always was. Cause like I was never like the top dog in the rehab. Like I was always like, like Shame. I never, I never did it like that. That's just not Shame. my, my method. So I never like faked it. I just did it the way I wanted to do it and I failed. You know what I mean? It was never like yeah. an illusion that I was succeeding. So I think, but what this guy is talking about is like the personality that does what they're told, but Inside, they're defying it. I wrote him exactly. again, and I asked him how he was doing, and he told me that um, that he, he hasn't used dope or coke or pills, but he's smoking weed. And it's just one of those things where, like, I'm not anybody's judge or jury at this point, especially with somebody who's been to a million treatments and relapsed a million times. Like, whatever keeps anybody well, I'm, I'm like, I like that. You know what I mean? Right, yes. So um, what are your thoughts?
2: My thoughts are um, the same as yours. First of all, I never gave a fuck about being the queen of AA. Do you know what I mean? Or a 12-step group. I didn't give a shit. I didn't care what people thought about me. I didn't care about coming back again. I didn't care that I looked crazy. I was crazy, and I didn't give a shit, and I didn't pretend to – a, you know, agree with things I didn't agree with. If I didn't agree with something or I wasn't having that experience or didn't believe it, I said, I wasn't, I hadn't found that. You know what I mean? Like I was like, Nope. Um, I never gave a fuck about, you know, memorizing the big book or any of that stuff. Um, so I, I was very honest with where I was in my recovery. I didn't pretend to have it more together than I didn't care what people thought. So there's like some people pleasing going on, you know what I mean? Where he wants to look good. And it's like, You know, they say you can't save your ass and your face at the same time. It's like you need to be honest with where you're at with the whole thing. I mean, in terms of what I understand, the fake it till you make it, it's about more like I've talked about before, which is taking the contrary action, not listening to your feelings, taking the contrary action. I don't want to go to this meeting. I don't want to do this commitment. I don't want to da da -da. I don't want to blah, 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 you know, and doing it anyway. And after you take a certain amount of contrary action over and over and over again, you know, um you you rewire your fucking brain. You actually right. create a new neural pathway that becomes your default mechanism. And it was like, I didn't pick someone. I never had someone on a pedestal and I was like, I want to be like them. Like, I just was like, I acted like the person that I, that I wanted to be. Who was the person that I wanted to be? Like, I had, you know, I told you, I had a sponsor and he once said, you don't have to be a good person. You just have to act like one. No one knows the fucking difference. And I was like, well, that's not truthful. That feels really shitty. But what he's talking about is that no one gives a shit about your intentions. They care about your actions. Right. Right. That's what really matters. And then, you know, eventually it's action is character. Like you are, people judge you based on what you do, not on based on what you, you know, intended. So I think that, um, I think that, I don't think 12 step is the only way. I think that if he, I don't know why he thinks he continues to think it's the only way. There are many other ways to get sober and maybe he should try one of those other things. Um, But I think that um, the big thing is to be honest with where you're at with it. I mean, also, for some of us, you know, they say that, that, you know, educational variety, like he's having the educational variety, you know, a spiritual experience of the educational variety where you're learning about it, you're intellectualizing it. And a lot of people have to have like I had to have that experience of sweeping the streets where I had this huge shift where I fucking had an epiphany like I'm a dick and like this could be the best thing that ever happened to me. And I need to change my whole fucking attitude about myself and life. And the way that I treat people and my whole, you know what I mean? Like I had that. I mean, a lot of people need that kind of like have to have that moment. of fucking wait a second.
1: I was, I was on, um, on Facebook. We can't
2: create that for someone, you know?
1: I I was on Facebook and I saw this woman's post and, uh, and normally I don't really care about anything that anybody says, but this woman said something like, I never heard this thing said. And it's very, I'm sure it's a big cliche, but she said, I was told to go to 12 step meetings. Until I liked it, you know, like she mm-hmm, was like, mm-hmm. she was like, "When can I stop going? I hate this shit and she was like and and the person said, "Well, I would go until you actually like it, meaning like and that's the directive, like and I think this dude, you know the fake it till you i mean I think what we're really talking about here is like surrender, you know it's like this dude didn't surrender, he fucking And I'm not judging this dude. I'm saying he tried to be the star, and he tried to learn the lingo, and he tried to... But that's
2: all... Yeah, but that's all looking good. That's all ego. That's not truthful recovery. That's just looking like you got it, instead of really got it.
1: Right. What I mean is, like, when you actually are in a place where you're, like, you give up, and you're like, fuck it, you're not going to do that shit, because you're you're just so desperate for help, and you're so desperate for some sort of change, which is, like, how, you know... I I never wanted to look good. I just wanted to go to meetings and absorb it and like get better. You know what I mean? And and not want to get high. That's what I wanted. I wanted to go to meetings and like from going to meetings, not want to get high. In the end, I managed to get sober because I was just so desperate to be done with this thing. Like, the thing had me by the balls, and I just wanted to be done with it, you know?
2: Yeah, same. I mean, you know, and it's like, I still don't always love it. You know what I mean? Like, I still fucking go to meetings and just, like, roll my eyes or fucking hate stuff where people say stuff, and I'm like, ugh. You know what I mean? I don't fucking love it all the time. I don't, you know, I don't like it a lot of the time. And it's just like, you know, um, but I... You know this as I, but but there are other programs if he wants to check them out. But I think the thing is to do this thing honestly and not to do it like try It's not a competitive thing. You don't have to be better than anyone else. You don't have to get it sooner than anyone else. You don't have to fucking be a walking big book. None of that shit matters, man. What matters is fucking you getting freedom from your fucking addiction and finding some peace inside. However you fucking do it, you know what I mean?
1: Totally. You didn't hear about my big movement. I'm st- the Dopey Nation and and me. We're starting this movement called the alt-recovery movement, which I had my dad trademark. And basically, the alt-recovery movement is just whatever you can do to not get high, do it. You know, and that's like... I mean, it's like it's whatever, you know, there's just so many people because now that I'm doing this show and there are all these people that listen and all these people that are struggling that don't want to go to meetings but want to get sober. It's like, yeah, all right, just do something, you know, and for yes. me, like doing something would never have been enough. And I would have and I relapsed a million times and I got sober because I did the 12 steps. That's how I got sober. But I think anybody should get sober however they want. And I like the idea of starting a movement. Don't you think that sounds like
0: a cool thing to do? I love that.
2: I think it's fucking dope, man. And it's very inclusive, you know? And I think what I'm starting to see, too, with, you know, some stuff with, with the whole, like, gray area drinking thing, which is, like, always really bugged me. You know what I mean? Um where it's, like, they're starting to see addiction more as, like, a spectrum, you know, where, like, I'm all the way to the right, (laughs) you know what I mean, like, fucking dick, nicotine, caffeine, like, you know, I think I posted, like, you know, I got a seven-shot latte the other day, and I was, like, don't fucking judge me, like, I don't, you know, I am so to the right, and it's, like, there are other people who can dabble in little things, and it's, like, more power to you, man, like, I have a friend, and she can do coke, and she can fucking do shrooms, and she can smoke pot every day, and she cannot drink, she fucking blacks out every time Is a total asshole. That's her biology. That's her situation. So it's like, you know, who am I to judge? We don't know enough about addiction. So, like, whatever makes you fucking makes it work for you. You know what I mean? Like, well, if this guy, if he can smoke pot and it fucking works for him, right on, man. You I dabbled. I mean? like, don't I... fucking die. Don't fucking die. Like, live a decent life and don't fucking die. Like, for me, it was such a bondage. Like, I just, I couldn't leave my house. I was just like in, I was just in it so hard. It was horrible.
1: Yeah, I hear you. I, I tried to dabble and, um, I tried to dabble with every kind of iteration oh, and yeah. I, I just couldn't do it. Like if I do anything, I do everything, you know? And I mean, even like with, with nicotine, like I don't fuck oh, with, no. I don't,
2: all, Well, see I'm on, I'm, yeah, I'm fucking, I was like. Yeah, I'm totally – I totally relapsed on nicotine. I'm
1: not judging you. I'm just saying if I – the only reason I don't vape is because it gives me this terrible headache and because I'm such a slob that the vape thing will open up in my pocket and my, my fingers won't smell like pussy. They'll smell like fucking <laughs> vape. <laughs> hey, and I my don't, finger, my finger didn't
2: smell like pussy. It didn't smell like anything. It smells squeaky clean. No, pussy
1: smells like something. It doesn't smell like nothing. It has to smell like something. I'm serious. Um, but, um, for me, like, I don't know. I, 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 I say it all the time. No, I'm I,
2: getting these disposable ones cause I'm lying to myself. They don't open up because because I'm lying to myself that I'm not vaping that I'm not gonna that I'm gonna stop. So
1: you're getting, getting like what the blue things, ones. the blue ones?
2: Yeah, no, there's something called puff bars, and it's like that's the thing. And I'm instead of like getting a whole unit and getting the juice because I don't want to fucking admit to myself that I'm actually vaping again, which I am. You know, I'm getting these disposable ones and just like ripping through three a day, and they're like they've, even at the vape store, they've never seen anything like it. They're like, oh my god. I mean, I think you saw like I went in the vape store like Christmas day or day before Christmas, and I was like, "I want something that's like crack, but not crack." you feeling me?" And they were like, "Get the fuck out of here." You know what I mean? They were just like, "Oh my God, girl, Like they don't really get it. Like they're all stoners that work there and they don't really get like I'm, I want to get as high as I can on nicotine without having a seizure like
1: and without and without getting a headache. Like, <laughs> I love look that. Up. But like for me when I vaped and I would va- I remember when me and Chris would do the show, Chris vaped. Chris wasn't a real smoker, but he would vape at like 0.5 intensity or something and I would be right. like fuck that. I would be like get the 20 Get the 20 milligrams. <laughs> and he would be like, he would be like scientificing me. He'd be like, Dave, you don't understand. There is no difference between a 10 milligram vape and a 20 milligram vape. And you're only going to get a headache. And I was like, give me the strong stuff. And I uh, know.
2: Well, I, yeah, yeah. Well, there's some vapes that I found that don't give me headaches finally. But I was like, I would, before that, I would just be like, okay, I'll vape and take Advil. I mean, that's just addiction.
1: I love that. But I love, like, I miss just psycho. smoking cigarettes, just having them burn oh, and so hearing drunk. them burn. Yeah, but
2: you know what? I smoke a s like when I was smoking a cigarette with, with a Dobie fan outside, right? Yeah. Oh, and this guy that I went to his house is like, a, like had quit smoking, had been a gnarly smoker. So of course I was like, "Why oh, I smell like smoke. He goes, wash your hands, like brush your tongue. Your, stick like, your hand you, in you know, your pussy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's like, he's not going <laughs> to care. He's not going to notice. I'm like, ah, um, He'll smoke like a normal smoker, I smoke in three drags, and it 's out i 'm looking for the fucking nicotine i 'm not looking to smoke
1: i just I, I like walk past butts on the street and i i haven 't smoked a cigarette and in like, you look in, and
2: you look longingly at them I,
1: I <laughs> consider smoking every butt I walk past and i haven 't smoked a cigarette <laughs> no. in two years, and I could buy a pack of cigarettes i 'm just like i just like I'm, I just am tempted.
2: Like I, well, I am my—I have massive fucking respect for you for not fucking falling off that wagon because it is something that I'm really struggling with.
1: If I did, I wouldn't. It would just be so hard to stop. You know what I mean? Like I don't want.
2: Yeah, to... but that doesn't stop me.
1: So, listen. I think Do you're you doing. You want good. me to
2: read the other one or no?
1: Well, did you like the other one?
2: Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was incredibly moving.
1: All right, then read the other one.
2: Okay. Hi, Dave. I'm 17 and I accidentally came across this podcast. I
1: like like this one too. Keep going. Keep going.
2: This is an unusual email because I'm not an addict, nor am I in recovery, but I'm the daughter of an addict. This podcast means so much to me because it has allowed me to understand the life of an addict and make so much sense of things I couldn't grasp before. Growing up, I had no idea why I would hear a loud noise upstairs and come to find my father passed out on the floor or why he would be in, in and out of consciousness while driving my family and I. It never occurred to me that this caring, wonderful man could allow a horrible thing to take control of him and compromise his relationship with his family. Dopey has contributed so much to my making sense of the subject and coming to peace with it. Although I never thought negatively of him or anyone because they were an addict, the podcast has a way of including all of its listeners and it's so unbelievably real and raw. There's truly nothing like it. It's touched me and continues to move me with every episode and I really thank you for giving addicts people in recovery, family members of addicts, a comfortable and safe community. Listening to your stories and your guest stories has allowed me to forgive myself of the guilt I felt because I thought I was causing his misery rather than the addiction. It's an amazing thing to have the ability to create such a well-thought-out, intriguing, and comforting show surrounding a scary and heartbreaking subject. I'm forever grateful for Dopey. Stay strong, Dopey Nation, and toodles for Chris.
1: Yeah, that is very moving, and you read it in a very moving way. Thank you. I'm, I'm moved all of a sudden. You know, no, I mean, it's
2: incredibly moving. Are you kidding me? It's amazing.
1: I'm like in denial about like the reach of the show. To be honest, I be- think
2: that's good. That keep you fucking humble. That's good.
1: Yeah, but I mean, listen to how great the show is. You heard what she said. We handle <laughs> we handle this subject matter in a way like nobody else can. And it's like you know what the fuck. Thank you. Yeah, I, I mean, love. I
2: get fucking. I get messages every fucking day about my book still, and people are just like, oh my god fucking thank you. And I cry. It's been two years since my book's been out and I cry with every message and just, I can't believe it. I'm like, what the fuck? And it's like, it doesn't even seem real. And it doesn't, I'm like, I don't even get it, but it's like, and there are other people who fucking think the book is fucking, you know, you know, ignorant and fucking full of nastiness. And I'm like, fuck you.
1: Well, do that say, here's an interesting question. Um, do you respond like what moves I, the needle? I in- to every, but what I moves the needle? Every
2: single person that messages me.
1: What I, I don't mean like literally responds. I mean like, what moves the needle in your head more: a positive response or a negative response?
2: What
1: do you think? I'm asking. I you. don't.
2: No, I mean, I don't read I don't read the reviews. My dad pulled up Goodreads to read me a good review when I was up with him. And by accident, I saw a little bit of a a negative review where they said ignorant and full of nastiness. And my fucking like I just wanted to fucking grab that person and fucking punch them in the neck. But um, that's why I don't read reviews. And my dad goes, who gives a shit? He said, if it's not controversial, it wouldn't be doing anything new. If you if everyone loved it, how fucking boring is that?
1: Right. Right. I, I like everybody loving it, to be honest with you. It may, it, it, no, it, it's like, it's a much safer waters for me to swim me in. Me
2: too. Oh, me too. So I don't, that's why I don't read any reviews, but you know, and the people that reach out to me are the people that love it, not the people that hate it. So right. I don't go seeking out the bad news, you
1: know? Right, right, right. No, I appreciate that. And I, and I think that the, the woman who wrote this email, like I am, um, She's
2: 17 years old, man, 17 fucking years old.
1: So the very young woman who wrote this email, (sighs) I'm glad that she got some, some good, some good stuff from Dopey. And I'm glad anybody that's not an addict that gets something good from Dopey. Like I'm very, very happy. And like,
2: yeah, it's amazing. I mean, it's, you know, you're letting people into the heads of addicts and so they can understand it, you know, without the glorification, without the shame, Any of that. And I think it's super fucking important without like all the fucking recovery bullshit. You know what I mean? We talk a little bit about recovery, but it's not like it's not a recovery podcast. You know what I mean? It's like just real talk. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's super fucking important. You know, you and I are very much on the same trajectory. That's the kind of shit I talk about, too. So it's like I have mad respect for you. Mad love. You know that.
1: Well, it's mutual, Amy. And um, let's talk about New Year's for a second. Like, what is New Year's to you, seven years, or coming up on seven years in in sobriety?
2: I mean, I'm excited about 2020. I have some cool new projects coming. I mean, you know, the years fly by. It's weird. You know, seven years, I'm like, oh, my God. Fucking holy shit. Um, You know, I don't really make resolutions anymore because it's always the same shit. It's like, be cleaner, exercise more. You know what I mean? It's the same shit. It's like um write more blah 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 but um no I'm just going to continue to keep doing the work you know and uh I'm 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 I I ha- like I said I'm excited about 2020 2019 with my dad's cancer was fucking gnarly man it was a brutal fucking year and I and I stayed clean and you know god bless my fucking dad's on his way to full remission the doctors say
1: amazing which is just a great 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 deal i mean it's like the other thing that's just and i'm not saying this to put you know, an evil thought in your head. But the craziest thing is that we're all going to die. You know of what course. I mean? Like that's the deal. Like, and well, we, yeah,
2: but the mortality of your parents, man, God, you want to be shaken up? Woo. You know, me being single and not having children, it really fucked me up. I really sort of fucking scared me. And I was like, uh, you know, thank God for, for my friends and thank God for fucking the recovery community. Cause I don't feel alone.
1: Yeah. I love that. Um, You know, I I know that when my I know that when Chris and when Todd died, it fucked me up a million times more than when my mother died. Um, Interesting. Which is like not a good sign for me as a human being. But (laughs) it just like I I mean, I I love my mother, but I was also very sick. You know, I was very in the addiction when she died. And I like kind of like dip my toe out of addiction when she died. But when Chris and Todd died, it was more of like. I don't know. It's us dying. It's me dying. And like, and my mother was dying, man.
2: It's you, that could have been you.
1: But it's like, I I wonder if that says something terrible about me. My mother was dying, you know, That, that, I mean, we all will react the way we react. And I'm sorry to my father for hearing this, but I've said it before. My mother, my mother dying for me was some sort of like, I don't know. Like I felt like I loved my mother. But I did feel kind of under a thumb with her. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I felt a certain amount of freedom that came with her dying.
2: Interesting, interesting. Which I feel a little yeah, bit guilty about. Yeah, my dad's my fucking world. So, like, you know, I mean, I, I, I just, I mean, he's 82. Eventually he's going to fucking die. And, I mean, you know, this trip he said to me, if you really want to honor me when I die, don't, don't use and don't kill yourself. Because I've spent half my life trying to keep you alive. Well,
1: there you go. That's an amazing and message. I was just right there. like,
2: I was like, oh.
1: Do you think I'm a pressure. bad do, do you think I'm a bad person for for having these feelings? Because now I feel like I don't
3: think no. I feel like you
1: all. feel when you had the junkie smell of your fingers about 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 my mother.
2: <laughs> um, not at all. I think a lot of people people feel relief when a parent dies if they felt you know sort of that that person, like you said, was, uh, they were under their thumb or whatever. But it's like, there's, you, you know, to feel bad about feelings or thoughts it's is a just waste of crazy. Time. Well, the yeah, other thing, and want that, so I want to say this, I want to say my, my
1: know. redemption thing, which is that I wish my mother could see me now. And I wish my mother could have met my daughters. Like of they would course. have, it would have been amazing. You know, I just needed that's a break. Shitty
4: part. I wish yeah, she could like come
1: back part. now and like, be a part of it I know she wouldn't Want to come on Dopey Or maybe she would She'd be hysterical on Dopey
2: No but if she could see Like you clean And she could see your family And like that's fucking amazing You know what I mean It's like That's the wonderful part But you know, it's like, yeah, I mean, I think that when people die, when they're older, we expect that and it's part of normal life. But when people die in their fucking 30s or 20s, right. we're just like, what the f It's our fucking it's a war that we've all been in. And we're like, not survivor's guilt, but maybe, you know, like, why? why that sh- that could have been me. That should have been me. Right. Why am I alive? Right. And it's like, you know, why couldn't they get it? And like, why? Like, it's fucking sad, man. It's fucking terrible.
1: Right. Totally. Totally,
2: you know, and families are ripped apart and, you know, someone's life is cut short very early. And it's just like, you know, it's fucking horrible and we don't have the answers. So I think it's just it's it's much more it's, you know, like you said, it's our people. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. So on that note, I want to thank you um, for coming on. I want to tell everybody out there to like. You know, if you want—I mean, if you want to get high, you get fucking high. But if you want to give this thing a shot, give it a shot. I mean, it's like I have so much more fun now than I ever did then. You know, personally.
2: Oh God, my life is so much fucking better. Even if I'm making strangers smell my pussy finger, and I think know, that's being, a plus. Being that's
1: not a minus.
2: <laughs> Are you kidding me? Even if I haven't gotten laid in two and a half years, my life is amazing. No. I'm fucking, I'm much happier. And it's like, I mean, you know, and I'm alive. I don't think I would be alive. If you'd read the book, it's like, I, it's, I would I be did. alive. I did. You know, it's like, so, I mean, and I get to help people and it's fucking amazing.
1: So this weekend in LA is something called the Western area conference of young people. Next
2: weekend, next weekend. And,
1: and, 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 I, guess, and I guess there are going to be some amazing speakers. If you guys are in LA it's next weekend and, June um, 2nd
2: through the 5th, yeah. It's
1: January 2nd through the 5th, not June Yeah, 2nd. January 2nd through the 5th. You should check it out if you're in L.A. I wish I yeah, was there. Yeah, there's going
2: to be some amazing speakers. It's going to be fun. 1,500 people. It should be pretty crazy.
1: All right, Amy. Um, Happy New Year. Get the fuck better. Happy
2: New Year. Get Thank some, you. Get
1: some good chicken soup.
2: Yes. Find, send me some.
1: Find a deli. You want me to send you chicken soup?
2: No, I'm kidding. I'm okay.
1: totally kidding. I'll do it. Um, and thank you for calling in. I love having you on the show. I I wish you were here in person. It'd be much better.
2: I know. I know. Me too. Thanks for having me on and dragging me out of my sick bed. I feel better already. That's awesome. All right, Amy. All right. Stay strong, Dopey Nation. Love you.
1: So that's the great Amy Dresner on New Year's, uh, getting sober, uh, meetings, and of course having strangers smell your vagina before you go over to attempt to have sex with somebody that you just met. Which was definitely my favorite part of the story. Um, all right, well, moving right along, we have another old friend of the show who we haven't heard from in months. And uh, some people call him Whitey Tidies or Tidy Whitey's, I guess Whitey Tidies, but it is uh, our friend Jeremy. So let's, let's get him on the, on the line. So, Jeremy, um, it's been, a, I mean, when's the last time you were on the show?
0: Uh, the last time was the night before I went to Allo.
1: Right. So when last yeah. we heard from you, you know, I I didn't realize it, but you were high as shit. Everybody else told me I should have felt I should have felt the meth in my stomach go off. That I, I sometimes, you know, how, like you talk to somebody who's high and you feel that high thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, totally. Look. Look. When I listened to it, I was at Aloe and they finally gave me my phone back. And I listened to the episode and my heart dropped. I was like, God, I'm so high, dude. It's like I was like, Man, I hope you know, I just hope I didn't sound bad. So
1: No, nobody thought you sounded yeah. bad, but everybody thought you sounded high as shit. But that's okay. Oh, you know, um yeah. I think all anybody who listens to Dopey either has gotten high as shit, is high as shit, or is dealing <laughs> with somebody high as shit. So it's not like you're like calling into some non-drug addict-based show, high as shit. So, I mean, that's all right, right?
0: Yeah, no, it was fine. I mean, I guess you caught me at a sweet spot where I could make sense with words because a lot of times when I'm high, I really can't even talk. So, yeah, it was good. It was a good interview, I thought.
1: Totally. And you went to Allo, and you got some time together, and you went back home, which I told you not to do. <laughs> I don't want to say I told you so, but I told you not to go home, and
0: against their against their advice as well. So,
1: so what happened?
0: Okay, so you know I got out there, and uh, you know I won't go into what happened with the insurance and everything, but I got terminated from my job, and I had legal issues back here. Okay, and Allo was great to me, man. They they even offered to let me stay another sixty days. Uh, And, but I had, you know, the longer I prolonged this, these legal issues I had, the more I was just going to stress out about it. And my roommate, I, I let him borrow my truck and he blew the engine up. And so there was a lot of stress coming from that. And I just was ready to come back and make some money and, and, you know, get this resolved as far as my legal issues.
1: But when, how did that turn into a relapse?
0: Okay. So when I came back, I did. I did very well. I was going to meetings, and I decided to go back on a boat. And uh, I don't know, man. Like I, I was on a boat. My roommate came and got me off the boat. I, I'd been clean at home for a good three months. And on the way back from the boat, he had some dope, and I was really frustrated. There was a lot of things going on, and I just, you know, I, I, I like I, like I say, I hit the fuck it button, and I just. I said, screw it. And I just got high. And, I, you know, it's like, OK, well, I'll just do it tonight. And then I decided and I had like two thousand dollars in the bank and I just uh, quit my job. And and I was so disappointed, you know, because I just went to Aloe, which was a wonderful place. It was the best place I've ever been. I've never been treated so great. And uh, and I, I guess I was disappointed in myself and I felt like I let you know the dopey nation down. I, I felt like I let my family down. Everybody had high hopes, and man, I just fell into a deep depression and just embraced it, I guess.
1: But before that, right? You're you're right. you're like almost ninety days clean. You're on the boat. Mm-hmm. You get off the boat. You're with a friend, and he's holding meth. Is that the deal?
0: Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, at that point, I was five months clean because I did. I was at Allo for sixty right. days, and I was at home for like. A good three months. So what, you're talking and about yeah, almost
1: he, half a year huh. clean. The dude is holding meth, and you're like, fuck it. Um, yeah. How did the yeah. fuck it... What I want to hear about, and I know this has happened... I mean, like, with me, whenever I had clean time, right, and I decided to get high, I, I wasn't deciding just to get high. I I mean, like, that night, I was always deciding, I'm done being clean. I'm not going to be clean. Right. I'm going to do this. Was that how it was for you?
0: Well, I... Okay, let <laughs> okay I'll disclose this I to maintain the amount of physical labor that I do on my job I was using kratom okay that's where it started tell okay, us about so, kratom I don't
1: I couldn't even pronounce it tell us all okay. about it
0: Kratom some people call it kratom you know you take it it's like it it has all these alkaloids that bind to the opiate receptors and a lot of people who are on opiates will take this but it's got all it's it's like a it's like a cousin to the coffee plant, so it's got tons of caffeine in it, right? And the deal is this, the ceiling is real low as far as if you do too much of it, it'll make you sick. But if you take enough of it, it'll get you going, and, it, and it's also got some pain-relieving qualities. It, and, and if you don't abuse it, which I'm not that type, I'll abuse everything. It it actually will help with pain, and it'll it'll get it'll get you through the day if you if you're a person that deals with pain. So, I was abusing kratom on the boat, you know, and and by the time he picked me up, I was I was down to my last pills. Like I was actually because you will detox. I mean, I detox. I'm not gonna say you. I'll say I detox off of kratom, and it's. I'm telling you, I've detoxed off of oxys and opiates, and it's worse. I believe it is.
1: So, Well, kicking kratom is worse, worse than kicking proper opiates.
0: Oh, yes. It's like you get the sweats, your nose starts running, your back starts aching, your bones is like you can't get comfortable. And so by the time he picked me up, there was some frustrations with my job. There was frustrations with the situation with my vehicle. I was living in a house where one of my roommates is using every day, he's using that. The other roommate's dealing meth. right. And and when I got in the truck, man, I, I was at a weak point, and I just was, you know, like I said, I fuck it.
1: Well, you're you also know? using you're using this kratom, and kratom is basically, I mean, how does it? What is the high like? I've heard different people talk about it, but what was it like for you?
0: It's a body high. Well, it depends on you know. There's different strands. There's like, a, you know, you have like the red strain, which is more to me is like more of an opiate effect, where it's a body high, and you just kind of chill. You know, it's like a real chill mode. Then you got like the white strand, which is a little more of an energy kick. It doesn't. It, it has. It has more pain relieving qualities. You got the green. The green for me gives me a little bit of euphoria. It, it you you learn the mixtures and you learn how it affects you, and then you take certain strains at certain times of the day to do whatever the desired effect is you want. I mean, it's it's really you get, you got to kind of do certain brands to kind of see how it affects you.
1: Does, so, does it shock you that it's not a controlled substance?
0: Do you think it will be? No, because here's the deal, man. If you take too much crate, if you sit down, stir it in your glass, and shoot it, and you do too much, you will be puking immediately, and it's not a fun puke. It's not like one of those, <laughs> <"Bleh,"> and <laughs> I feel great. It's no, not a it's good time like, puke. I feel terrible for the next fucking day. It's, it's not good. So... I, I I don't think people you can abuse it as far as like take it every day and kind of get physically dependent on it, but as far as like ODing on it, I don't really think that's possible.
1: So you were you were totally in relapse on kratom, you know? I mean, if I took kratom, it would be a total fucking relapse, um, yeah. without a doubt. Um, when you picked up meth for the first time after the kratom, mm-hmm. did you know immediately that you were going to stay on it, or what was the thought? Mm-hmm.
0: No, no, because I had worked it out with my job. I was supposed to go the next day at, to a place on the river that was close to where I lived and kind of do some extra side work type stuff. I went the next day, and I, you know, immediately I knew that the guys on the boat knew that I was high. And this new company's more of a strict company, and people talk, you know, and and so I got real self conscious about it the next day. And when I got home, I was just so tired, but I wasn't ready to go to sleep and I think the next night it was like, well, I've got money. I was frustrated with the job, I was tired my you know it was just it was like a bunch of stress hit me at once, and that's when I was just like, I'm not going back to this job because I know they're already talking shit, so fuck it, you might as well just gotta enjoy it."
1: Right, and how, language. how much, well, I don't know where the, you mean goddamn part? Okay, I, yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. Um, at what point do you think it became something that you knew wasn't going to go well, or did you know it as soon as you did it?
0: Well, okay, so my roommate who blew up my engine, he had he had to replace the engine, and so he kind of felt like I needed to like sign over the truck to him, it was just this whole convoluted story but anyways he so i kind of made a deal with him you can use my truck to go to work and i'll just live here rent free and and i just dude i i got at that time i was using every day as much dope as i could find and uh I just said okay, well I'm in relapse mode. I got off of all social media. I deleted all my accounts except for my Messenger account and I just disappeared.
1: And did you find any freedom? I mean like what was it like? Like was there any good part or and where did it get bad?
0: Oh man, it got bad immediately. You know because I isolate and then I know that everybody knows when I disappeared, they know what I'm doing. Right. And it's just it's just kind of torture and and um uh, Yeah, man. And then it just became this endless cycle. And then, of course, within a month and a half, I was out of money. And so I had to go back to, like, the basics. I mean, I wasn't stealing, but, you know, hustling. I mean, so, yeah. And then I just got into this depression, Dave. I just, you know, Aloe was, dude, that place is a dream. So it's as good
1: as the ads make it sound? Oh, it's
0: better. Better than, than the realize. ads? <laughs> what do I? What should I add to the ad? M- man, you you have to experience, Aloe, to know what I'm talking about. To go to a place, it's like landing in, like, I don't know, a soft, you got a soft landing. You have people there that most of them have, they don't always disclose, but most of the guys there, the girls and guys there that are techs, are recovering addicts. Okay, you and and when you get there, they let you rest. The beds are comfortable. I mean, they're big queen size beds, big, huge TVs. I mean, they don't hassle you the first week you're there to go to this and that. And then they just kind of encourage you. And then they just watch you. And then they steer you in the in the direction that they want you to go. And they let you they let you, you know, they let you get to it on your own pace. And it's like, after about a week or so, they give you your phones back, you can walk around the yard, you can intermingle with the women because every rehab I've been to you even talk you even look at a woman wrong and and like they're threatening to kick you out. And are you like, saying
1: that at Allo they encourage you to have sex with the women at at the rehab?
0: <laughs> I never said that ever, and I don't even think there was any of that going on I, I think it's just such a a cool place that like you know, n- n- I don't know. There was nobody acting out like that when I was.
1: I'm there. just playing. I mean, I'm just playing. I, yeah, I, 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 I know. I, I think Allo sounds amazing, <laughs> and like um, and I think it means something. You know, you you obviously didn't get paid by them to say anything, and and that was yeah. a while ago. And that's the first thing out of your mouth was how great an experience it was. So I love Dude, that.
0: Th- yeah, it was back in March. I mean, and and look, I when I left, it was definitely against their medical advice. They wanted me to stay. They did everything they could to get me to stay. I was there 60 days and they did everything they could. I mean, and, and, you know, I just, at the time, I just felt like I wasn't progressing. I really, I was so stressed out. I really couldn't, you know, California is a different beast in Louisiana. You know, I was having to fill out resumes to get dishwasher jobs. And, and that was weird to me, you know, like I'm, 40 years old with all this experience and it's like, wow. I mean, I really having to go through that and say, Oh, this is where I'm at in life. Well, your
1: pride, uh, your pride fucked with you, you know? And I think, and I think your pride is, is one of those things that like it tends to fuck with you. And, uh, and and the worst thing about that is that if you let it, you know, it's like that whole stupid saying that it's better to save your ass than your face. And, uh, (laughs) you know, it just is. And I think, you know, at what point in the using this run were you like, I need this needs to change. Something needs to change.
0: OK, well, with me, Dave, I'm not going to treatment until I know I'm 100. I like I have to be and there's a sweet spot for me and that sweet spot only lasts a few days. You know what I mean? It, it just what like, do you mean? Weeks. What do you mean by that? Okay, so I mean, I wasn't ready. I was I just I was in it and I and I want I just felt like and this is where I've gotten in a lot of my relapses. It's like rehab's never going to work. I'm never going to get my shit together. So what's the fucking point? You know, why would I go and waste these people's times, you know, waste my time? I might as well just go back to what I know. And, And it's what is comfortable, even though it's not comfortable and i just get real hopeless man and then and, and that's that's kind of where i was for a long time you know i dave i would i would get clean a week shake back and i'd go get a little job somewhere like i got a job at a cookie factory and what kind of cookies night, were they making oh dude all kind of cookies like macadamia nuts um uh, i don't know any cookies you can imagine I mean it was Did it, you eat cookies
1: was, there or was it a not eating cookie cookie factory?
0: <laughs> well, th- yeah they they had some in the like the break room but I was in the I was in the packaging area so I was like stacking boxes which is pretty freaking, you know, it's stressful. I mean like as as far as physically stressful. And I dude, I've been using for like 2 months. I hadn't done anything but use and sit in my room. So I wasn't you know, when I went back to work, I wasn't really in shape anymore. And, uh, and, and, but the night before I started, somebody gave me some dope and then I, you know, I showed up high and everybody knew it and they saw my track marks and that it was awkward. And I ended up quitting because of that. So it just became a series of do well for a week, get a little job, feel better about myself. i get a little money in my pocket and then that's it. I'm off to the races again.
1: And what was, what was, do you you have a moment in this last run that you could clearly see as a bottom?
0: Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, yeah, because I just couldn't, I couldn't, I just couldn't get out of bed, man. You know, you know how depression is. Depression, when you're in a depression and you can't physically even get up to brush your teeth, you know, or or take a shower or whatever whatever it is that you do as far as self-care when that goes out the window and and you just can't even get out of bed to do any of that man it's just uh, that that's the bottom for me you know
1: and you knew you knew that like you weren't getting out of bed you had run out of money there was no more dope there was no more nothing and then what is what is your head telling you then
0: it's just on survival mode, man. It's just where do I get food today or where do I get dope today? Whichever thing I can find first is what I'm getting.
1: And when, when do you think that, I mean, cause now you have, I mean, you told me just now that you have like seven days clean, which is amazing. Um, and, but, and when did you come to that decision that you weren't going to get high again?
0: Well, you know, last week I was in this situation with my truck And my roommate was clearly taking advantage of me. And, you know, he was leaving me at his house, locked in a room where the drug dealer's five feet away (laughs) in the same house. And he's off with my truck. And I, I have nowhere, you know, I have no way to get food. I have no way to even look for a job if I wanted it. And he don't give a shit, man. He's taking care of his needs and he's using my truck, running it into the ground. And it's the only thing of value that I have left. And I said, you know what? I I just woke up last week. I mean, it was the week before my birthday and Christmas. And I'm like, you know what? I'm tired of being high on Christmas. I'm tired of disappointing my family. And I'm tired of that, excuse my language, that fat ass getting in my truck every morning and leaving me here stranded. And that's the last time he does it. And when he came home that night, I packed my shit. I packed my truck. And I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know where I was getting food. And I left.
1: And that was you turning the page.
0: And that was me turning the page, big dog.
1: And how was, I mean, so your birthday, you were coming off meth. It was your first <laughs> right. day. And uh, were you like, I'm going to give this a shot? Like, when did you realize that it wasn't going to be just 24 hours that you couldn't score? Like, at what point were you like, I'm just not going to do it? You know, I'm not going to. Because
0: be, be, being high for me, it's not fun anymore, Dave. It's like I'm torture myself, man. I mean, I'm on my hands and knees looking for crumbs. I'm, I'm a fiend. You know, I'm obsessed and it's like, what am I doing? I was so happy when I was so I was truly happy as a sober person. But you know what? When I got back out on the boats and I was away from the meetings and the people, I really lost touch on how to deal with a crisis or stress on a day to day level. And I let it build up. and And you know what? I let people take advantage of me and didn't stick up for myself because my self-esteem was low. And so last week I went to this lady's house and she's my, my friend's mom. But when I got there, she was crazy high too. And, and I got to see when I got there, I got to see how I looked. I got to watch her tweaking and making noise and being out in the yard, looking all high. I, I said, Oh, well, there goes me. There right. I am, right. <laughs> you know? And so I was worried about the cops coming in and I said, you know what, man, I'm just going to, I'm just going to try to sleep this thing off for a week. And, and that's what I did, man. I just tried to sleep throughout the whole week. And, uh, I think you called me, you called me last week, the day before my birthday. And we were supposed to, you know, you were, were supposed to do this last week and I hadn't slept and, and you said, well, call me in the morning and dude, I was up all night and Yeah, I could I, hear,
1: I could hear, I could hear, I could feel the meth in that call. I felt the meth as I was. I mean, yeah. no matter how high you were, I was about to go on a family vacation, and I was like, I, I mean, I was so yeah. stressed out, but I felt that vibration, and I was like, uh oh, right. But I wanted it. Well, I've I been the up the for five anyway. days
0: straight, man, and so I, I had this girl. She was trying to hook me up, but like when they scored, the cops were right outside their freaking house. So I couldn't get to the dope, which it was up, wasn't was but a block away, but the cops were like between us. And so when you called, I was waiting to score. So I was up to like four o'clock that morning and I was charging up my phone, getting ready for you to call that morning. And I finally fell asleep, dude, which is if you're trying to come off meth, just getting to sleep is like, okay, once I go to sleep and try to sleep this thing off, I'm going to be all right. And I finally fell asleep and, and I missed your call. And when I woke up, I, my phone was dead because I accidentally unplugged it while I was sleeping, and then I punched the wall and busted my hand. up. Oh. and it, it was it was crazy, dude. Well, but here we so, are.
1: You know, you're you're seven days in. It's about right. to be the end of the year. Do you have right. what do you have any feelings about the end of the year? About New Year's? Does it mean anything to you? Like, where do you stand on it?
0: No, man. I like I'm so excited about 2020. I, I really. F- I just feel so good about it. I have never, I can't remember the last time, even when I was in jail, that I was sober on Christmas. You know, me and my mom had issues with the legal stuff that from last year, and I've spent Christmas with my mom yesterday, uh, the other day, eating dinner, and I've gotten talked to family members and friends, and and like I'm clear-headed, and they're like, man, what's going on? <laughs> Jeremy's never been sober on Christmas, so. I'm excited, man. I'm excited to just see it and just experience it and not feeling bad about myself, dude. You don't feel,
1: you don't feel any sort of like, I, I could still get high a few more days before I go to treatment no. or I, I can, no. I could get away with it or I have a couple bucks, nothing like that.
0: Well, no, I was going to treatment Thursday, right? Remember that? Yeah, of course. Like, you were, uh, you you were, we, we were supposed to talk Thursday morning. I went to treatment and come to find out I have an attitude problem. So like. <laughs>
1: well, I could have told you that. It's, 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 it's part attitude problem and part obsession with your truck. But continue. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, I wasn't, I'm wasn't. i sorry, dude. I, I, look, in Louisiana, we don't have transit. We don't have trains we can catch. If you're, if you're stuck out without a vehicle, you're walking, and, and, dude, I mean, it's just no good. No bueno, you know? Dude, I mean, you
1: are obsessed with your fucking truck. I swear,
0: <laughs> I swear to <laughs> God. I'll t- you let me tell you why. Let me tell you why, Dave. All right. I'll tell you why. Because I did an 87-day hitch on the river to pay for that truck, and... And it was a hard hitch, and I paid for it in cash, and I owned it, and it's in great shape, and it's a good truck, and you know what, it's the, it's yours, it's mine, it's yours, but you and know I what they say,
1: you know what the greatest, well, the, the, there's a lot of great cliches, but what they say is, they say the only thing, the thing that stands between you and the recovery <laughs> is the thing that you're going to lose you know okay. so so
0: it's like right. whatever man
1: i fucking i get it and and you're, when do you when when do you think you're going to go in what's your plan
0: i'm not going to treatment man i'm go i'm i'm look i got my, tonight i'm going through all my stuff I'm getting a bag for work clothes. I'm getting a bag of like dress clothes. I'm loading my shit up. I got my sleeping bag and I'm going down to Baton Rouge and I'm either going to a homeless shelter or I'm going to live in my truck and I'm going to go to work and I'm going to go to meetings and I'm going to, I'm, I'm not going to rehab. I'm not doing it. What? I thought you were going to um, do
1: 28 days and stay in the sober living. What happened to that? I'm not doing it.
0: Why not? not doing it, man. I'm leaving Monroe, Louisiana and North Louisiana in my rearview mirror. I'm going to start a new chapter down South and, and that's what I'm doing. You have people down there? Oh man, my whole family lives down there, dude, in Baton Rouge. I fam- look. I mean, I have I have years of recovery in the program down there. I have at least thirty friends who, between NA and AA, are still in the program and have time. I mean, I I have history down there, and and like people pulling for me, and I have a good support group. I have my sister, my grandparents, my aunts and uncles. I mean, it's like I'm going back to Baton Rouge and. I'm going back to work, man. I'm I mean, I don't have I don't have time to
1: You're getting on the boat. I mean, boat? I know it
0: sounds uh, uh I might if I got to. yeah, yay.
1: Listen. I've,
0: you got to be careful.
1: <laughs> you have to be careful because you got people pulling for you literally all over the world. And and that still doesn't mean know, it man. doesn't mean shit though, Jeremy. There's I only know, there's only one person that matters if you're act, if they're pulling for you or not, and it's you. You know, right. You know, right. it's like you can fucking disappoint everybody every time. But it's a question right. about when you are like, I can't do it anymore. And, and- OK,
0: well, there, let me let me give you and, and I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to like bullshit bullshit you into, like, believing in this plan. But the difference between where I live now and and the location of the Mississippi River, I'm 60 miles from the river. Right. In Baton Rouge, I am on the river. So I can actually work in a fleet on the river and go home every day. I don't have to go out for months at a time, right? I can get like a normal like 12-hour day, go to two weeks on, one week off, and I can go to work. And then I can go to a meeting, and I can go home and take a shower and live somewhat of a normal life. I don't have to go off for months at a time down there.
1: Dude, I'm not somebody who's going to tell you. I don't think that there is a way to do it the only right. the only way to do it is doing it and and, right. and and i only like want the best for you you know yes, and, and like i only want good stuff for you and um you know and i and i only can wish you the best you know and obviously you know you have my number and, and you have a way to get a hold of me and i know a right. t- and, and i know how much uh the community cares about you but when it comes down to it the only person that matters um for you getting better is you so, right. you know what I mean? There's nothing. All you have to do is do the next right thing, do the little stuff. And, and I have no doubt you will be successful, but you just need to right. do that shit. That's it.
0: Yeah, man. I just need to do it. Yeah, I just need to do it.
1: Um, <laughs> is, is there anything uh, you want to say for New Year's to to Dopey Land?
0: Oh, man, I want to wish everybody a happy New Year's and, and anybody struggling, you know, I mean, if you can't reach out. At least be receptive to the people that reach out to you, because if it wasn't for—and I'm—I'm gonna name drop—Colleen Mc, Catherine, Molly, uh, Hot Wheels, you—I'm leaving people out, but there were so many people who contacted me and and you know no matter what, just kept calling and didn't give up, and and it's why I'm standing right now in my conviction and, and ready to get back into this because, you know, they didn't give up on me and loved me when I couldn't love myself. And, man, I don't even... I've never met these people, but we have this bond through Dopey that, man, I never would have imagined I'd have. So, yeah. It's weird, right? Out, it's, it's weird. It's so crazy. I love it, man, and it, I'm so grateful for it. I really am. Well, I mean, the
1: trick is... That like, and I can say this, and I'm just going to say it one time, that like, if you, you you were so much happier in fucking California, and you were free, and your brain was free, and your right. soul was free, your pride fucked with you. You have to yep. try to achieve that shit on the river in Baton Rouge, and, and just, you know, I, I just, I, I only want to see you happy, joyous, and free. You know what I mean? I know. And, and like know and, and honestly, if you if you want to get high, you get high. I just it's not about that. It's about right. you being comfortable with who you are and, and living the life that you want to live. And um right. and like we haven't met, and I consider you my friend. And uh yes. and I care about what happens. And um and I love that the Dopey Nation cares also. And I think the point of the whole thing is we're all in the same boat. We just are at different ends of it, or whatever. I've been in spots where, like, I wasn't ready, and then I got ready, and I was about right. your age when I did. So, I mean, I don't think that there, like, people will say, "Oh, you're pulling a geographic" or this or that. I, <laughs> I think, I think no matter, I can't say that you're doing the right thing, but I can't say that you're doing the wrong thing either. I, I just want to wish right. you the best.
0: I appreciate it, man. I, I look. I feel really good about my decision and and I feel more free. You know, I've been working through a lot of issues. I mean, none I'm really going to disclose here, but there's a lot of things I've worked through in the last two months and, and really like discussed with my family. And, and it's, it's just some things that I've, I've consciously worked through that has also freed up some of my depression. And, and it's been a very positive response in my life. And so I'll tell you, Dave, um, Life is looking up right now and, and I, and I'm going to run with this, with this energy. I really am.
1: Well, it sounds good to me. Fucking happy new year, Jeremy. I'm so glad to have you back on the thing and, um, and just be in touch and, and, you know, just be in touch.
0: Thanks Dave, man. Thanks for being a good friend. And look, Keep it up, dude. You're doing a great job. Thank you so much. Yeah, the
1: show is still pretty good. I mean, you've been out, but you, the show's still pretty <laughs> good, right?
0: I'm catching up. I'm ca- look. I've listened. To, you know, I stopped listening. I, I'm so disappointed. But I, dude, it's doing awesome. I like. I like the guy who washes his clothes in the shower. Right. You know, I, yes. I, I, I've done the same thing. You know, in jail, you have to do that so people don't steal your shit. But. Man, yeah, it's it's been. Re- I even like the friend that wanted to do the podcast with you. You know, I like Peter. I like how y'all y'all kind of clash, man. But I, I like the clash; it's kind of cool. <laughs> I like Peter, but I I, I, yeah. I
1: have a feeling that um I personally believe that Dopey is going to be gigantic in twenty and twenty, and I think that uh, I expect you to play a part in 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 the great upheaval. And there will be uh, Dopey Day coming up, where everybody in the Dopey Nation is going to put the Dopey logo over their eyes on social media for solidarity within addiction. Are you down for that? Hell yeah. All right. Hell yeah, I'm down. Now, before you go, you know, Chris. Chris's favorite part of the show was obviously hitting him with the Dopey. So why don't you just hit him with the Dopey before you
4: go?
0: Okay, so I thought about this, and I think every story, most of the stories I've told were stories where I end up in jail. All right? So tonight, I wanted to tell a story about. I have a couple where the cops came and I didn't go to jail. So, um, I'm I'm just debating which one I should tell. I should probably tell the one where I was smoking crack.
1: Don't uh, give it right away, el- Jeremy. Tell the story. Let's hear it.
0: <laughs> okay, I was I was smoking crack, real heavy, back in like 2007, and um and so of course, when you're smoking crack, imagine this, you get real paranoid and you think people are like trying to break in your house. And so I kept calling my sister at work and saying, somebody's trying to break in. Somebody's trying to break in. So anyways, I get so scared that somebody's trying to break in the apartment that I call the police on myself. Okay. Now Within, like, 30 seconds, because this is right by LSU campus, so, like, the LSU campus police, it's, like, 10 of them out in the corridor, and they're all, like, we you know, because it was a cell phone, so they didn't know what apartment I was in. So I opened the door, okay, and all these cops, like, bombard me at the door, and uh, they're, like, what's going on? I said, oh, somebody was trying to break in my apartment. They said, where are they at? I said, I don't know. I think they left, <laughs> and and one of the cops said, hey, man, do you have an air conditioner inside your uh?" your place and I said yeah sure do and he reached over and he like took his thumb across my forehead and wiped the sweat off he said why don't you turn it on
1: <laughs> oh my
0: god <laughs> and look they all just looked at each other like fucking crackheads and they all just walked away and left and I was like oh man and I had a ton of crack too boy and god, they knew like, they knew right they fucking knew hell yes but they left me alone like they, they left I was like oh man this is a lucky day so yep
1: well, there you go. Thank you for hitting him with the dopey. Happy New <laughs> Year, Jeremy, and stay in touch. Okay, man. All
0: right, buddy. Appreciate it. Toodles.
1: So that's two ends of the spectrum in Jeremy and Amy, and the point is that um, being a drug addict is a, is, a, is a tough way to live. Uh, getting sobriety is just about putting days together and then keeping that up and 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 opening up that piece of yourself. And it's very, very, very easy uh to let that go. And if you let it go, it's so it's so easy to uh you know not make the next best decision. So for me, New Year's is like I love New Year's, I love that a year ends and another year begins. I, I mean that's my favorite thing about New York, uh, besides the fact that I love Manhattan so much, I just love change and I love dynamic action. I love seasons and I love things beginning and ending and I love the end of another year and the beginning of another one and we all have so much potential to do so much cool stuff and to not do the dumb shit that we've always done. And then there's so many stupid things that we get to do that aren't that stupid but stupid enough to be funny and give our lives color and meaning. So, I'll say happy new year um Dopey nation and, um, and fucking toodles for Chris. And, um, I miss Chris all the time and I love Chris and I wish that, um, I obviously wish that he hadn't died and that he could be around for the show and he's around for every episode because it's his show. So I'm going to end the show with the classic, um, what the fuck with the classic, uh, chilies me and chris doing chilies in a much more innocent time and we will say that um you can be innocent in recovery and you can be innocent using but innocence fades um in time and like hold on to your innocence as long as you can and have a fucking happy new year and stay strong dopey nation and fucking toodles for chris I love that old commercial.
3: Which one? I want my baby back. Baby oh, yeah. Baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, 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 back. I want my baby back. Do the back, Brenda. Chili's, baby back ribs. I'm uh, surprised they don't still run that back, because that was so back, fucking back. huge. Here, I'm going to
4: do the I want my baby back and you do the Chili's no, part. No, 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 I'm not. Well, not you not do the I, I want my baby back part and I can do the Chili's part. All right. I want my baby
3: back. You can do a lower, lower, lower. I want my. Lower baby voice, baby. not
4: lower.
3: <laughs> <on a> computer. <laughs> I want. not kind of like this. I want my baby. I can't. I'm baby a baby tenor baby baby or baby 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 an alto. Baby 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 baby. Do it. Or a soprano. Right. So, so no, I actually do the bottom part you wait, just wait, do the top part. I'm actually not the top either. I just hang out in the mid range. Dude. Mid frequencies. Speak as low as you can. I want my baby. No, not quiet. That's just too okay. I want my baby back <laughs> you
1: Put some bass
3: in your voice Baby back, baby back baby. I can't do it man I want my baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby, back, baby. You can to do that? Chili Oh you gonna do that? Okay, okay. Go. I want my Hold I want my excuse me excuse me all right all right all right back baby back baby back baby back baby back baby, baby. chill
1: no it's we're do the baby
3: back part do it all right I want my baby back <laughs> just do it yeah. I can't I literally it's gonna be impossible just for me not it. to laugh okay just do it all right I gotta do this my dog is dead all right are you ready yeah did you ever have a dog? Yeah. Did hoodie. It, die? it was a Portuguese. Oh, dude, this is a story I got to tell, all right? It was a Portuguese. Okay. No, no, no. Trust me. I got to tell this story. It's a good one. It was a Portuguese. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> do the Chili's thing, please. All right, but we got to get back to my dog. Okay, right? tell your dog. All right, all right. Now we'll get back to the Chili's. our uh, was- dog name was Chili's? No, no, he was- <laughs> no, his name was Hoodie. All right, so do it. I want my baby back, 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 baby back. Stop it. You go, I want my baby back, baby, back, baby, back, baby, back, baby, back, baby, back
4: back.
3: I want my baby. You have to sit back. I want my. All right, I'll tap you when you do. I want my baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back. I want my baby back, baby back, baby back. Come on, dude. You know
1: the top part. I want my
3: baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby. <laughs> just do it, man! Please, I, I can't fucking finish it. I'm just keep picturing the hundreds of people listening to this. They're not listening. <laughs> I feel like this would be like a good sleep podcast. We could just do an hour of. Uh, whole month. I just want to do the part. Just please. All right, all right. Last, you time. This do the the last time. This is the last time. is the last time I'm gonna try. Okay? No, 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 no. I'm no. gonna get it. I don't think I can do the top part. I want my baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back. I want my baby back, 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 baby back. Barbecue sauce, barbecue sauce. It's not yet. That was good. That was good enough. That was the best we're getting. We're done. I agree with that.
4: I want to take a walk around the world. I wonder would it do me any good? Watch this aeroplane just pass me by And I want to see a Lear Jetliner take a dive Just to show all of these people What it means to be alive But I want to be good so bad Want to be so good So bad so bad I want to be good so bad Bad desire's all I ever had And my shadow's getting. Smaller and smaller And it's time to Where I stand Shadow's getting smaller and smaller And it's time noon Where I stand And I Wonder would they Pay it any mind When I leave this busted City far behind I'll take the high road However far it winds Because peace and love are very, very, very hard to find And I want to be good, so bad Want to be good, so bad, so bad I want to be good, so bad Bad desire's all I ever had Damn it, all these suckers make me mad And it's all I ever had And it's all I ever had these suckers make me mad, and I wanna call my dad. And it's all I ever had, and it's all I ever had, and it's all I ever had, and it's all I ever had. And I ever had and these suckers make me mad, and it's all I ever had, and I wanna call my dad. And it's all I ever had, and it's all I ever had, and it's all I ever had.